In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker. Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? And get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN uses the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. But today, we're going to do some pop culture, some nostalgia. We're here with Sarah Hartshorn. She's a writer, comedian, and content creator who's also competed in Cycle 9 of America's Next Top Model and <gasps> friend of the pod. We're so excited you're here. We've, so, we've been looking forward to this. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I am a friend of the pod. I love that. You're a friend of the pod. On top of all the stuff that um, Amanda said, your amazing rap like credentials. You also are plus model. Also, um, you're an incredible abortion rights activist, and I think that's so cool. So I was just thank you bugging Amanda every week to get you on, and Amanda's like obviously. Yeah. <laughs> My first question for you, Sarah, how does it feel to be pregnant at the same time as Rihanna? I feel like it's just the maternal goddess energy in the world. I feel like your baby just has to be absorbing it. It must feel good. Great question. Very mixed. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Honestly. Because everyone's been saying that she's been pregnant for years. Every time she eats a meal, people are like, <laughs> is she? Is she? And, she uh, and I think I got so used to her being like, fuck off. I'm not like stop bugging that I was like that was sort of a source of comfort (laughs) and then there were a bunch of rumors flying around like right as I was pregnant and and um kind of getting ready to tell people and I was like if I am pregnant at the same time as Rihanna I will pitch a shit fifth um (laughs) and then I was and then I'm like I don't I mean obviously I'm happy that this baby is being born I'm not a maniac. So. Wait, so what is the drawback? What is what is what is your beef with being pregnant at the same time? Does it feel like it's too just, much pressure? Yeah, I mean, I'm like in no world would I ever compare to pregnant Rihanna, yeah, whether it. I was pregnant or not. Like that's hmm. neutral. Yeah. And then to also write like Well, you were also planning to do a pregnancy photo shoot under the highway in long pants. Um, Um, I was with a Chanel belly chain. Uh, You actually live live in Harlem, too, though, right? I do. Yeah, (laughs) so that wouldn't be crazy that you actually did do a pregnancy shoot (laughs) in Harlem. We are also, like, about the exact same amount pregnant. Um, Mm. I'm I'm pretty sure. She's, like, four months along. I'm like four, four and a half months. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't really know how. What sign does of... that make your baby? And do you care? Uh, it will be a cancer. Ooh. Ooh. Millie's a cancer. Yeah, ah. Cancer Leo, famously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when's your birthday? July 21st. Just like Robin okay. Williams and Josh Hartnett. <laughs> and nice. oh, sorry, sorry. We got to keep it separated. Just like Janet Reno. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is a lot. That's a lot of forceful energy. I, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Hartnett once um, spent the weekend at my grandparents' house. And I, I don't, to be clear, I don't think he did, but my grandparents are convinced that he and his girlfriend at the time, who was Scarlett Johansson, left a VHS porn tape in the room that they oh stayed in. Oh my God. I yeah. love that for them. Wow. I love that for them. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so they definitely stayed at your grandparents' house, but the rumor is that they left the, DV, the H- VHS. Yeah. So they stayed because Josh Hartnett wanted to, my grandfather's a novelist and he wanted to make one of his books into a movie. It didn't end up happening, but he went to stay with him for a weekend, brought his girlfriend, Scarlett Johansson, who brought her dog, her little chihuahua. And my grandmother was like, oh my God, he's such a little cashew. You should call him cashew. And Scarlett Johansson was like, no, that's not his name. Awesome. Um, what a gem. And then they left so a VHS of, of porn. Well, wow. so then like like a, a year or so later, they were cleaning, they were moving and they were cleaning, you know, packing up and they found a VHS porn tape. Uh, and for some reason, they just are like, that was for sure. And I was like, no, that makes sense. That's There's no sure. less sexy way to refer to it than a VHS porn tape. It's got to be all three. <laughs> but it's also like. It's also relevant. They moved in like 2018. Like it wasn't like yeah. this wasn't like decades. This wasn't VHS o'clock. Right, you know right. what I mean? It was like <laughs> yeah, true. So when was Scarlett Joe? I'm like now looking at timelines. I feel like this is probably how celebrities keep their sex tapes private. Now they do it on a VHS. They just do it on a VHS and leave it under authors' guest mattresses. I'm not sure if, if when the year was. Mm-hmm. I'm now. I'm now. I'm super I mean, tempted to look it up. This brought us back into into the era that we. We wanted to go in which is mm-hmm. you know the aughts aughts in general uh let's say that was my goal yeah perfect, amanda's perfect, a professional segue person mm-hmm. i will just i gotta say. be i gotta be <laughs> yeah. i mean with these two it's, it takes a talent amanda rocks a segue <laughs> <laughs> but um obviously we want to talk about america's next top model you have been uh really frank and candid with your experience you were on cycle nine and i think a lot of people around our age and our in our early mid late 30s really had, uh, were really invested in America's Next Top Model when we were teens or even preteens or even throughout like a long period of time. I was, as I was getting for this episode, like I couldn't believe that I watched that show for like a decade. <laughs> it was in my brain for a decade. So I definitely want to talk about, uh, I want to start by talking all about all of our individual relationships with the show. Yours is obviously the most invested, but to set up for the discussion, I'm curious uh, about Millie and Elise's investment in the show. Millie, did you, did you watch America's Next Top Model? It was something occasionally, but I wasn't really into it. I will say that, right, I'm Buddhist. And, like, recently one of, like, we have these, like, testimonials where people say, like, I had a challenging moment in my life and I, like, chanted and, like, overcame it. And one of the people that shared, like, they made a video and it was about how America's Next Top Model, this came out, like, five years ago, but America's Next Top Model, like, she won. But like she got triggered into an extreme depression and her life was in shambles. And that was the first time that I framed it in like, oh, wow, it's not like a great thing to win or to be a part of this. So that's my relationship with it. Interesting. Elise, what about you? So I I feel like I watched it at the beginning, like when it first came out really hardcore. Like I remember the season where the girl like makes out with a guy in the hot tub and cheats on her boyfriend. I think that's maybe Sandy. Three. Sandy, yes, of course. Yes. Of course. Um oh and like one time I was doing oh, yeah. a a film set thing and a guy that I was we were all making 
conversation on set, like, as you do. And this guy was like, oh, I had a friend who was on America's Text Top Model, and I think she cheated on her boyfriend, and it was a big thing. And I was like, Shandy? And yeah. Was like, what? We went crazy. I was like, your friend is Shandy? Like, just like, what? <laughs> but so I watched your that. Your friend is Shandy. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that, and then I would dabble in and out. Like, sometimes I would, I feel like in my later life, I would, like, catch a season. Or I feel like it aired... Did it air on VH1? Mm-hmm. I it watched on, it often um, yeah. on VH1. CW or whatever. It was on the long. CW and then it switched to another network that it was either like Lifetime or um, I can't I can't even I remember. Think, and then it was on VH1. Yeah, I would watch. So I feel like I would watch old reruns of it. Like it was like a an original binge watch for me before binge watching was a thing. Like I think VH1 would like air an entire season kind of in like rapid succession. And I would watch that if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. then yeah, that they, would be how would I engaged with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I did that too, but I think for, I mean, there were many years where it was like appointment television for me and I watched it or I made sure to like watch it the next day. And then I would like binge earlier seasons. And I also love Sarah. Have you ever watched Germany's next top model? Um, I haven't, but I've I've heard about it. I have. I, it's, I've, I mean, yeah. it's 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 like Germany's biggest uh, reality show, and Heidi yeah, Klum does I've it. Met and I love a bunch that of the too. girls. Really? I worked in Germany. I modeled in Germany a lot, oh, cool. so I, I knew a lot of the girls. A lot of them were at my agency there. Yeah, um, really. Also, I love appointment television. That was yeah. such a thing. <laughs> yeah. I miss it, right? I, I feel like and just like that is like the closest thing I've had to it in a while. Yeah, it was such a nice little stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so obviously, Sarah, tell us how America's Next Top Model entered your life. Um, when First, actually, tell us how you got into modeling. Let's start there. Oh, I got into modeling through the show. Got I'd it. never okay. done it. I never even had my picture professionally taken before the show, Whoa. Um, okay. except at, at, like, when I was three at like a JCPenney right. with my mom, <laughs> wearing matching hats. So <laughs> I, I, did, I did have a background in fashion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was all through the show and I got through the sh- to the show. Um, I tried out uh, sort of at the urging of a friend of mine um, who I am still friends with. He was like <laughs> very into the show and was like, you should try out. I really think you could, um, you know, you could be on it. And I was like, OK, I don't think so. I don't because I didn't know anything about plus size modeling at the time other than like that it was a section of the um, Newport News catalogs that my mom got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. And what were you, like, like a was, size eight or something, too, at the time? I like, can't even, yeah. Like, was, you weren't even plus size, but no. at the time you were, would be plus size? It is crazy. That is a crazy part of it, because I think we have, there is a, a bit more size inclusion now, and when you look at what is referred to as plus size now, it seems a lot different than what it was. It doesn't look like how you look. <laughs> it's... It's but, mixed. Yeah. I have a lot. So I have a lot of thoughts about this because yeah. after the show, I did work as a model for a very long time. And then the industry has changed a lot even since I did that um, because plus size modeling used to just be catalogs. And so that was limited. Um, but the average was size 14 to 18. And if you were a size 20 or a 22, you could still model pretty successfully and make a living at it. When it became more mainstream and it moved out of just commercials into like fast fashion and even into like higher designer brands, the average became a size 10, 12. Hmm. And so bigger models could no longer find success except for like exceptions like Tess Holiday. Um, she is the only one who's really above a size 16 now. So 
yet it's become more mainstream. I don't necessarily think it's become more inclusive mm-hmm. for like bigger models or models who aren't an hourglass shape. Like it's oh, totally it's there's definitely a mixed bag to it becoming more popular because it's also gotten more sort of uh, mains like mainstreamified. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like the category yeah. keeps sort of shifting who it includes, but it is never inclusive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you're seeing more more models of 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 larger variety of sizes. That's great. It's like it's amazing that, you know, um Robin Lolly was on the front page of H&M. They didn't even make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Robin Lolly is also Wait, is that her name? Am I getting that yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I recognize that. Embarrassing. <laughs> but she's 6 foot 1 and a size 10, 12. That's still a very beautiful, very thin woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a a good thing. I mean, it's such a thing of like there are larger bodies but they do have that perfect hourglass flat stomach no stretch mark huge butt small yep. t- like like whatever tits like it's like yeah it's not really there are brands i do think that won't but it's just like that's the yeah. whole selling point well and also like there are brands that are inclusive to other body types and and to a wider like fenty is amazing but it also doesn't go up to mm-hmm. like a beyond, I think a size eighteen. Yeah, eight, um, yeah, size like eight. Yeah, four X. It was so yeah. funny. Um, yesterday there was like that trending Adidas boobs, oh, yeah. like <laughs> like post, and then I missed this. Oh, there was like Adidas posted a picture of like a collage of like forty breasts on mm. um. Uh, like bare breast and it was just like all sizes are different and one of my friends is like they did all this just to say that they go up to a 4x like that's That's hilarious which would be like honestly my size and i'm not like (laughs) like like a 4g or something you know it's crazy yeah now i understand why i kept seeing a meme of don draper pointing to like the side (laughs) in mad men saying we should just post a picture of titties (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i mean yes you should if that's a question the answer is absolutely (laughs) i don't disagree I love when I find out why I saw a meme after the fact. Like I, uh, like I scrolled it away and I was like, there's a reason I'm seeing this. <laughs> I'll I find out in two to four I days. I tweeted it. It's yeah, like I when it, I, yeah. I put it in the chat. It's very jarring. It's not suitable. It's not suitable for work. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. 
Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So when you, your friend told you that you might be interested in doing this, when you tried out, did you know that you were going to be the plus size model on the show? Tell us about the original entry point. No, not really. I mean, I I knew that I wasn't a a model size. So I just sort of thought I wouldn't end up on the show. And then I ended up trying out uh, mostly because another friend of mine who I didn't know as well um, was also trying out. And she was like, just come with me. And I was like, all right, I'll come with you. Half thinking it was for moral support. Like I spent out because, you know, people got there like 5, 6 a.m. Was this in New York? Um, No, this was in Boston. Okay. In, I want to say... December or January. Wow. <laughs> so it was just oh, like brutal. hot, like, I mean, thousands of the tallest, skinniest, most beautiful <laughs> girls you've ever seen just huddling <laughs> like, around the Prudential Center. Um, and, you know, I, one thing that has uh, recently sort of like been popping into my memory a lot lately, which is adjacent to the question, but um, is that um, men lost their minds and not in the way that I thought they would, right? Because it was this huge line of just beautiful women and they would come and try and like talk to us and like find out what was right, f- what was happening. Why and are you here? This, Why are you here? What's happening? Lined up for I? what? <laughs> and they would be like, how can I be a part of it? And they just weren't. They There just was no way for them to be. And they like... We, that's not I've acceptable never to them. Dreamed that more by men than when I was waiting in line. That's like, fascinating. They would come by, they would try to talk to us. They weren't a part of it. And so no one would really engage with them. And they would just like get in their cars and scream at us. Yeah. They'd be like, well, you're not you're in Boston. Hot, you know, like, you're like cursing. Yeah. Hot. I actually am going to say, I, I don't believe you because Boston is known for the <laughs> even keeled, <laughs> progressive. Tempered men. (laughs) That is what Boston is notorious for. These intellectual, even killed progressive men. You're absolutely right. (laughs) So between that day, what happened between that day and you being on set for your first day of filming? A lot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So much. So much. Um, I mean, months. Because it was like December, January, I think. it was. I just remember it was finals time. And so I, I can't. I don't really remember how college works, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think right. December. Have, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were they actually they they timed it very carefully for college students at the time. I don't know if they did in later cycles, but it was 
time so that you didn't even have to um, leave school at all. So you, we tried out. There's a call back the next day. And that was when I found out that I would be the plus size contestant because they asked me about it. And they were like, how do you feel being the plus size contestant? And I was like, I don't, I don't oh. know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. That just sounds like a sitcom moment. It, it ah. was so weird. And they, they clearly wanted me to like espouse some body positive, like rah, rah Got it. sentiments. And I didn't understand, you know, didn't understand. What year it. Was and this, it was Sarah? This was 2008, seven, Okay, so like, seven. yeah, so like long before we all learned that it was, we were allowed to accept our bodies. <laughs> like, you were a size eight, right? Like you were yeah, a size eight, 10. Yeah. Like I was, and, and tall. I was so skinny. And yeah, I, it's... And, but I also knew I was like, no one here likes their bodies. I'm here with the mm. most beautiful girls in the world. And we all hate ourselves. We're supposed to, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to. That's. That isn't that why we're all here? <laughs> isn't that? What are we doing here? Not we to... have to sell shit to the people that the other women who hate their bodies, so they yeah. think this will make it better. Um, by putting on blackface. Well, <laughs> truly, people. Uh, the fact that I managed to not see any blackface, like the the bar is in hell. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it was that wasn't that bad. No one. Did blackface. Right, right. One of the better, one of the less problematic seasons. <laughs> yeah. And no one j- threatened to disfigure anyone's faces, like with the tooth thing. Truly, mm-hmm. I can't. Oh, oh the, my God. The, the gap thing is so upsetting. Yeah. It, I know her and she's an amazing woman. And uh, Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've met her a couple times and I follow her. I say well, I, I mean, know trauma her. Bonding, I know her even... in the very 2022 mm-hmm. sense. Right, right, right. We're friends on the internet. We're <laughs> yeah, friends yeah, on the yeah. internet. Yeah. So they told you, okay, how do you feel? You're going to be the first plus size contestant. I wasn't the first plus size oh, contestant. Oh, got it. Sorry. Uh, Tara was the first plus size contestant. Um, and she's amazing and, uh, and was amazing on the show. But I was, they were like, how do you feel about being the plus size contestant? Do you think a plus size contestant could win? And I was like, sure. Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. For sure, one could win. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure, one should. <laughs> not me, but absolutely. And uh, no, it was it was honestly like a people pleaser's nightmare because it was one of those things where I'm standing there, I'm on camera, they're telling me to talk to Tyra. They clearly want something from me. And I even sort of know what it is, but I don't know how to bridge the gap between where I am and what it is. And so I'm just like... <sighs> I worked on a blueberry farm. Do you want to hear about that? Because I can talk about that. Should we talk about high bush versus low bush blueberries? Because I can do that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I didn't, I didn't have it in me to like be the like, yes, absolutely. Like, um, you know, skinny bitches step aside. Like, I am going to win. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that energy and I, I just couldn't even muster it. And so I was like trying to sort of get muddle by with like self-deprecating humor. Um, and it, it worked somehow. And so then there's a whole lot of paperwork process. You know, you have to sign a contract, you have to send your passport. And I remember I didn't, um, ha- my passport had expired. And so I sent it with a, I, I, they were like, you have to send a copy. And I was standing at the copy machine in my office where I I worked and um and I was like I don't know what to do and there was a um you know one of those ink like blotter like ink pads and I stuck my thumb in it and I just put it over the expiration date and sent it legal 
It absolutely is. Um, and then went, immediately went to town hall after work, like, to try and, you know, renew oh it as gosh. fast as I could. Um, and it worked. It all worked out. But also we didn't. And we ended up going to Puerto Rico where you don't need a passport. But um, but they don't want you to know that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they do go abroad. So the first episode then filmed after school let out. So, I mean, that's like six months or so. Mm-hmm. It's a whole semester. Um, and we didn't find out that we were going to be on the first episode until I think like March or April. Um, and then they fly, they flew a bunch of us out. Um, all of us thinking we would be on the first episode, but we actually didn't all end up being on the first episode because they had days of testing. They had psychological oh, wow. testing, personality testing. Mm. They did a physical test. Um, like I had my blood drawn in a Puerto Rican hotel room. Um, wow. By what? someone in a lab coat. Yeah. Is that typical for, I feel like I can see how that could be typical for like maybe Survivor. They want to make sure you're you're healthy, but is that typical for reality shows? Yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I think in the Bachelor book, they say oh. that a lot of people get knocked out for the herpes test. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I never even thought of STDs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, for, I, mean I imagine for like a dating show, it's probably more important but yeah, yeah. I, but i believe it's in the bachelor book that they say that it's the sti test knocks a lot of people out because wow. a lot of people have herpes and like yeah and that a lot of people find out they have herpes that way too oh, wow. it's like, well not, if it's like that dormant like hpv yeah i mean it's really like that not, everyone has yeah they should honestly still be allowed to go on the show if they have herpes and they're managing it but Either way, what, I do think yeah. it is typical. <laughs> I mean, not the most problematic thing The Bachelor's done. No, yeah, it's like not even, on the list of things yeah. we need to fix about The Bachelor. Also, you should let people on if they have herpes. <laughs> yeah, that's But also, like, like, you can have the mouth one and not know it. You can get... You can also get the mouth one, like, from your mom, like, yeah. in, in late, like... I'm not sure if the mouth one would disqualify you. I think that's it, because we've gone far off the trail now, yeah. but I think that but, you can go wait. on... I think you can go on The Bachelor with mouth herpes. Okay. Some, <laughs> some I think different. representation matters. Um, yeah. wait, did you film in Puerto Rico the whole thing, or was it just, no, like, for an just assignment? just the first episode. Oh. And then they... they so you filmed the first episode... Um, after, after I think about a week or so of this, like testing, we were just in a hotel, not filming. Um, and then that's mm-hmm. how some people were, were sent home just straight from there. They were just sent to the the airport that we arrived in. Um, but the ones who were in the first episode, we then went from the hotel where we'd done the testing to shoot, um, first in a little tour bus, then on a cruise ship. Um, and they filmed the first episode there. So it wasn't even really in Puerto Rico. It was mostly uh, on the ship. And then um, off you went. <laughs> yeah. And then, so they, they actually send you home after the first episode oh. with like a list of what you're supposed to pack um, hmm. very for a very short time. And you're not allowed to talk to anybody. Um, I think we had to even give them our cell phone. I don't think we were allowed to bring our cell phone home. Like, we just had to give it to them. Were they I, trying to be, like, intimidating when they would tell those rules to you? Like, do you think their goal was to make you feel intimidated? I mean, if they weren't trying to, <laughs> then they, they were probably very go about it a different way. stupid. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. they at least had to know that it was. If it wasn't a conscious effort, they knew that that was a side effect. And I, it feels like a conscious effort. Um, cause I, re- the biggest thing I remember is like sitting in a room 
with all of these girls. And we were all in like shorts and tank tops and like cruise ship attire. And it was freezing because it was air conditioned in this windowless conference room on a cruise ship where we'd been for days. Like we were just, and we were all fried just like, cause we hadn't really been allowed to talk for like three days. Um, cause you're not allowed to talk when cameras aren't on you and they hadn't been filming for a while. And we were just, were like rocking back and forth, like <laughs> just desperate for sunlight or human interaction that wasn't like whispered. Oh God, this sounds terrible. It was Stuck on a cruise ship with no sunlight. Honestly, like it, I look back and I'm like, oh, the cruise ship made stops. Like we got <laughs> off on one stop, but it made like five or six, I assume. And we never knew. We never like even kidnapping. noticed. This sounds like kidnapping. <laughs> it really was. It was. And there were so many times because I told my dad that I was going to be on the show. And I was like, so excited. I was like, I'm going to be on America's Next Top Model. They're flying me to Puerto Rico. And he's like, they are selling you into slavery. <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> and I was like, no, dad, it's a real show. And he's like. I'm sure it is a real show. I'm sure that this is not. Yeah, I'm just on this I'm sure that this the, is slavery. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, it's, he's like, no, you're going to get sex trafficked. A hundred percent. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. And then like first day of filming, they have us blindfolded on a bus in a parking lot, mm. not allowed to talk. And I was like, oh, if he is right, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> well, that, like, one of my questions was, I mean, you've, you've talked a lot openly about what it was like behind the scenes. You said you were paid only $40 a day and had to pay for your own food while so on the I, show. <sighs> That, that tweet haunts me because it's not oh, does it? 100% accurate. We didn't get paid at all. Okay. Uh, we got a $38 cash stipend m- most days, some days, to pay for food. Okay. When we I, had to pay so it haunts yeah. you because you, that was more than you got. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, they came after me and reminded me that we actually got this. Wow. It wasn't even. 38 is rude. I just want to say 38 is so 40. rude. If you're going to, I mean, 40 is terrible, but if you're going to do 38, just do 40. Yeah, like just do, yeah. just hand me 220. It's more effort to get $38, yeah, $38. than it is to just is hand it, everyone $20 bills. And is it like, like actual cash or is, it yeah. cause or is it sometimes like you have to invoice them and it comes in eight weeks kind of shit? No, they gave us actual cash that we would then give back to them. Like they would hand us the cash. And then we would get that every day. And then once a week, we handed them a grocery list and handed them all our cash. Okay. And then they would go do our groceries and they would come back, give us our change. Um, But we had to give them all the cash we had whenever they went to go do groceries because we didn't know how much things cost because we weren't going to the store ourselves. That's Um, crazy. Hmm. But like, why didn't they just do groceries then? (laughs) I I don't know. Exactly. I I really don't. I like... (laughs) I, I, was the I moment don't know. with the blindfold when you like at what point during filming did you realize that this experience it sounds like you didn't actually have a ton of expectations going in but at what point did you realize like oi this is going to be something unexpected <laughs> I mean I, immediately because also I mean remember I'm from a town of 600 people and I'd been in college for a few years but I was very dumb like I was just <laughs> really dumb and naive and and had not grown up with TV and had not um, really been exposed to to anything. I, I, I remember the, the moment that I really realized I was going to just have to go along for the ride because nothing was ever going to make sense. It was the first day of filming and Miss J was talking about you've all watched 
people walk down the runway and I was like, oh, I have never seen a video of someone walk down a runway. Oh well, my God. <laughs> um, I've seen pictures. I've, I've read magazines. I'm not Amish, but I have never seen a video of somebody walking down a runway. Um, and, and so I just was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, let us proceed with that knowledge that we all share. <laughs> Mother, like it was really a moment of just surrender, really, because mm-hmm. there was nothing else to do. It was all just going to be the most surreal thing I, that I had ever experienced at every at every moment. <laughs> it was all just so weird. Um, yeah. And I. Yeah. I I mean, you know, getting my blood drawn in a hotel room was weird, but that didn't even register as weird at the time because Mm. everyone around me was so authoritative that I was like, sure, this is how it's supposed to be. This is normal. This is okay. Because someone with a clipboard is telling me (laughs) and I have no reason, you know, like that all felt fine. But it was once we really started filming that I was like, I don't, I don't know anything. Did most of, I'm trying to remember if most of, obviously there has been a bit of a reframing of America's Next Top Model, which... It was problematic at the time. I mean, it never felt good to watch teenagers sob while their scalps were being burned by bleach. So that never felt good. But retroactively, I mean, now there's lots of clips that go around of some of these horrifying blackface incidents. I mean, there was photo shoots of people uh, pretending to be homeless. Did a lot of those happen before your cycle? Or were they, was this just like, I'm trying to remember if this was America's Next Top Model's like entire trajectory, they did this type of stuff. Do you remember there was like an air of trying to be careful or... Not make mistakes. I know that, um, like, the grave one, there was, like, somebody lost, like, their very close friend, and then they had to um, do a photo shoot in a a coffin. I remember that. I know Shandy was before me. Um, I'm not sure about a lot of it, honestly, Um, because I I did watch the show some before I was on it, but I think just the cycle before mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, I'd only had access to television for about two years uh, by the time I was on the show. So I'd only seen, I think, one cycle, the one where Jasleen won. And I don't remember if there was anything terrible on that cycle. Was there any on your cycle? Like, besides the run of the mill? No, we never, we, we, we didn't work with male models. We did work with Tyrese once. Oh, Mm. Yeah, Tyrese <laughs> and Enrique Iglesias, but they were very, both very polite. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. so glad to hear. Thank God. Thank so, God. Enrique Iglesias, six foot four. Whoa, that's shocking. Really tall. That's shocking. I tall. would not. I wow, would peg for really? small, yeah. like a Why mini. Is he saying wow, that all the time. He should just be shouting that from. And me. he's also super hot. I I would expect five <gasps> nine because I'm. I know. Yeah. He, he could be looks here. five nine. He could be five you nine. Heard it here. Enrique Iglesias, tall heels. Yeah. And we were wow. all like, oh, my God, yeah. he's so yeah. tall. Like, and that was his peak, too. Well, because yeah. you guys and were all he, tall, too. Yeah. And he had never done anything for me because I oh, I think I always assumed he was short. And so I sort of was like, meh. And then I met him and was like, <laughs> you you can get it. So would you like it? <laughs> you can be my like hero, it. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely be my hero. Oh, man. Yeah. Why we're learning so much. We probably have the same question as a lot of our listeners, which is just like, what was your sense of Tyra? What was Tyra like? You know, we did not actually spend that much time with her other than the eliminations. Um, when she was uh, very involved, 
uh, in the show for sure. Um, she didn't. She never felt like a figurehead. It really did feel like she was one of the producers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they consulted with her on lighting, like they did with all the other producers. She seems like someone, and I could be wrong about this, but who is always on. Mm-hmm. You know, like have you ever met those performers totally. who sort of? Um, no. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> in the street, no, in comedy in New York, no. no what I find so often with comedy, it's like somebody gets on stage, and if they're a really big personality, then they get off. It's there's a difference. Mm-hmm. They're they're off, yeah. You know, even if it is, they're not being sincere with you. There's still a difference, and I just I like I remember. We were filming something like backstage at Elimination. Um, I don't know why I put that in air quotes. It really was backstage at the yeah. Elimination. <laughs> um, it was a podcast, so no one said, yeah. No one and no see. one could see them. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but we were filming something with her, and it was supposed to be a, a talk about weight. Um, and they filmed it and then called cut. And she turned to us and she was like, okay, the cameras are off. Now it's just us. We can be ourselves. And I was like... <laughs> who sells? <laughs> who? What? Right. Like, because she still felt exactly the same. So maybe that's her being very sincere, but she feels like she plays it very close to the chest mm-hmm. um, and is just on. Yeah. All I mean, the a woman who fakes fainting, it's hard to like, it's hard to come back from that and expect yeah. to not, not always be wondering <laughs> oh, like yeah. where, where she's at. I'm wondering if you think that any of the retrospective criticism of the show was unfair, because there's been quite a lot. How much of this was just the early 2000s being terrible? And how much is it a unique America's Next Top Model and or a Tyra Banks issue? And I guess what I'm what I mean when I talk about that is like the emphasis on weight, the racial, the racially problematic stuff. Do you think it falls in the category of a lot of stuff we know better about now? Or do you think there was a specific a specific like spiciness to it that made it more damaging i think that's a good question um and i think my thoughts are twofold on the one hand a hundred percent top model was a symptom of a larger disease it didn't invent any of this um it pulled the curtain back on an industry that was and still is in many ways very toxic Mm. the fashion industry has a lot of problems But it has also made a lot of strides since the show aired. Mm. I don't know if reality show as an industry has made the same strides. Mm -hmm. And it was at the nexus of both of those industries, which is why I think it was so especially toxic. um, Because it had both the need for thinness, whiteness, uh, beauty, um, and also had the need for human emotional drama at the expense of the humans going through the emotional drama. Mm. So I think that that it being at the nexus of those two things did make it especially um, uh, toxic, but it was only bringing what those industries already had to offer and what those industries had um, going on. So, Mm -hmm. So it didn't invent any of those, but also, you know, our... Are uh, there issues of racism in the fashion industry? 100%. But not in every shoot, not in every magazine, Mm -hmm. not in, you know, like, it is possible. And it was possible at the time Mm -hmm. to have a photo shoot without 
being terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see Vogue today? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Son of a mother. Um, There's um, a lot of complaints. I don't know if it's like a recent, I guess it is a new Vogue cover, like the Black History Month. During Black History Month, they published a spread where she again looks pretty inspired from some iconic Oh, Kim Kardashian was the... Kim Kardashian was on the cover of Vogue and Andrew Leon... Instead of Andre Leon Talley, that's like the criticism on Black Twitter, is that it was a clear moment for them to honor someone who was like so integral to their magazine. And instead they got Kim Kardashian imitating people. uh, yeah, I don't I know. Mm. Okay. Well, so, so you said okay. that you weren't in you you didn't model before America's Next Top Model, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you did a little bit after. What what happened after the show, and how did you transition into comedy? Um, yeah, I did after for for almost uh, almost eight years, I think, um, and uh, I was you know exclusively modeling for for three or four years, um, like without a without a day job. Um, how did I transition into comedy? That's a good question. I'd always known <laughs> when I got into modeling that I wanted to sort of use it to like parlay into what I really wanted to do. Um, I just wasn't a hundred percent sure what that was. I thought maybe it was acting. I knew that I wanted to be in entertainment and I knew that modeling wasn't really the end goal. Um, so you know, I was doing it and I was shooting catalogs and I think I just assumed that I would age out and get too old because I, that was my understanding. But I, I remember talking to a model at my agency and she was like, no, you can model for catalogs like into your forties and fifties. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I could get stuck as a model. That's really weird. You don't think of yeah. modeling supposed to be the goal that everyone wants to do. And it never had even really occurred to me that like, I could get stuck. Mm. And so I realized that I had to, I would have, that meant that I had to quit. Like if I, you know, like I was like, Oh no, I have to make a conscious change. The industry isn't going to do that for me. Um, so, um, yeah, I had been doing stand up for a little while, just sort of, um, I don't want to say as a hobby because it was my favorite thing in the world, but it was second to my day job. And so I tried to start doing it more seriously, tried to start working in production um, I interned at UCB uh, in their digital department um, where I just I'm sorry, I have to tell this story because they hate it. Um, they had me uh, clean a bag of dildos, mm-hmm. which is fine. Used? But then they got really mad when I posted about it. And I was like, oh, no, you can't ask me to quietly clean a bag of dildos. No, no absolutely no. not. So, I'm legally, in- I, legally to myself, I have a contract. Yeah. <laughs> First Amendment. Everybody has a First Amendment right to because they were doing unpaid labor too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, not the most problematic thing that UCB's ever. Done. Yeah, but add that <laughs> to the list. No, it really and and you know, it's. I really was fine with it. It wasn't that they had me clean a bag of dicks. So they got right. It's <laughs> yeah. Mad. It's that they silenced it. you about the bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Oh no, you can't." And I was like. I'm we don't sorry. talk about it's that. It's hilarious. I thought y'all liked comedy. The dildo <laughs> bag, or the mm-hmm. dildo cleaning erasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, and um, that's so that's I just sort of slowly um, worked my way into uh, doing more comedy and doing more writing, um, and uh, ended up working for a friend of mine's nonprofit, uh, making videos, which was really fun, and that that sort of. Um, 
started everything. Uh, yeah, I, and it's funny, people ask me a lot if I miss modeling and I, I really don't. And I think like, I, I think you can have, you can, you can model and have a strong sense of self. Um, I just didn't have a strong enough sense of self going into it to keep my sense of self and keep doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yo, definitely. My last question for you, I'm, I'm very curious. Would you let your kid watch America's Next Top Model? Oh, would I let my kid yeah. watch it? Yeah. Ooh, God, that <laughs> is a really hard question. I'm actually re-watching some of my episodes right now. Really? Um, They're going to watch your episodes. Yeah. Um, right? I mean, I, I don't think I can keep them from it. Yeah. Um, it is weird watching how little I remember, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gia Tolentino has a book about her experience on a reality show, and she talks yes. about this as well. It's really common. People don't. Well, I don't know if it's so really common, weird. but happened to her, happened to her, her co-stars yeah. that you just don't remember it. Um, cause it's, I think cause it's so, so surreal. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is this the like, first time know, you've rewatched no. it for a while? Oh yeah. I never, I never, I couldn't bear to watch it Whoa. at the time. That must be a trip. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I, I theoretically watched it at the time, but like this, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, Wait, when did you get eliminated and all that? Just, you know, just like ask for people who didn't yeah. watch it. I was the seventh to get eliminated out of 14. Okay. So I was right in the middle. It was right. It was respectable showing. Thank you. Yeah. Respectable yeah. showing. Yeah. Truly America's <laughs> Next Top Middle Model. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take it. Uh, it was right before they went to China, uh, which I was very sad about at the time. Oh, but bummer. it sounds like maybe it was for the best. Whole new passport for nothing. Yeah, that's true. I know. Whole new passport for nothing. But um, but it does sound like it was for the best because I guess they all got bit by mosquitoes. This never made it onto the show, <laughs> but I guess they all got bit by mosquitoes and they're like, they had like huge swollen of course like, they abscesses. Oh my God. <laughs> And I was like, why would that not make it on the show? That seems, I don't know. What do I know about good TV? But that oh, seems gosh. like it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank God you were spared that. Well, um, thank you so much for coming and being so frank and candid about this. This was fascinating. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure our listeners will be too. And definitely, what's your um, what's your TikTok? What are all your oh, handles yeah. where people can keep up with this? Because you cover this, but you cover everything. You're also a big abortion rights activist who, who's thank you. Yeah. content about that. So where can people find you? Um, it's just my name. It's at Sarah thank B. You. Hartzorn. Um, S-A-R-A-H-B-H-A-R-T-S-H-O-R-N-E. Absolutely. And that is um, where the Scar Joe and Josh Hartnett VHS porn tape will be posted. I will. Yes. If, I, if I can get it, I absolutely will upload it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Incredible. Such a weird tidbit. Every time he comes up, it. I'm like, don't say it, Sarah. Don't say it. And then I, I have to. I can't. You have to say I mean, it. Yeah. yeah it's like, like, your obligation. How could you not? It's yeah, it's like you have to post about the dicks. You have to say. I have to. No, and and thank you for thanking me for being honest and frank, but it is also a compulsion. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's it a pays off. Yeah, no problem. That is our show. <laughs> Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales, and I'm Lily Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.